praise the name of the Lord. This is D.K. Grooms with Rock Solid Truth, and I'm so glad that you have joined with us today. The very first thing that I want to say to our wrestlers and to anyone who is, who is listening, amen, I want to say happy 4th of July to you, and I pray that you've had a wonderful day praising the Lord and spending time with family and friends on this joyous occasion, amen, July 4th, praise the Lamb of God. If you've got your Bibles, please turn to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. I have been bringing to you a series about your problem may be not knowing the word, not knowing the love of God. It's kind of a catchy title, but praise the Lamb of God. As we read our scripture, you'll understand exactly what it means. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what's the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ that passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Let us pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the word of God today, and thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the hearts and the minds of those that have gathered today in the presence of, in the presence of this broadcast. Amen. We'll give you all the praise and all of the glory, thanking you in advance in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. The scripture that I have just read, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, 18, and 19, is one of the greatest promises in all of the Word of God. And yet very few of God's people ever come into the understanding or walk in the abundance of this promise. John 10.10 states that Jesus says, I've come that you might have life, and that you might have it more abundantly. And the revelation of his love is in essence that which is more abundant. Here's that abundance as stated in Ephesians 3.19. And to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with the fullness of God, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. What an awesome word. What an awesome revelation. I began bringing to you revelation last week concerning the agape love of God, and I showed you how most of God's children have an understanding of love that is relative to the standards of the world and to the thinking of man instead of relating it to the word of God and to the love of God. I believe that we as children of God need to have love redefined to us. We need to get a new concept of love. And that new concept should be redefined from the Word of God and not from the standards that we've grown up with. Most people think that God loves them the way that their ex-husbands love them, the way that their children love them, or the way that their parents love them. And their experience in love relates to relationships that they have had concerning love, and those relationships have not been fulfilling, have not been satisfying, joyful, rewarding, or enjoyable. I can tell you how many people that have come up to me and said, you know what, if there's a father in heaven, I don't want to know him. I don't want to relate to him simply because of the kind of love that I had from my earthly father. That's the type of relationships that people are referring to. They're talking about their experience with love. 
And it's a wrong experience, a wrong misconception. Because God's love is not like that. When you have a revelation of God's love, then you're going to have a revelation of how much he loves you, and you're not going to struggle walking in physical, earthly type of love. Look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. First John chapter 4, verse 17. Aaron is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. The Word of God is telling us something awesome here. It's telling us that his kind of love is love that is perfect. It has no fear. It holds no reservations. It's a perfect love. It's a godly love. And the word states, the word of God states, that he that fears is not made perfect in that love. And if you're not made perfect in that love, then you are hindered and limited in walking in that kind of love. So how is it that you're made perfect in that love? You have to come to the truth of God's word. You have to renew your mind according to that truth. In the renewing, you're made free by the revelation of that truth. And as you begin to walk in the abundance of that life and that truth, then you begin to come forth out of that truth that has been revealed to you. I used this this last week. Turn to Titus chapter 2, verse 1. Titus chapter 2, verse 1. I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 5. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. What a powerful word. Speak the things which become sound doctrine. That the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in love, in patience. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becoming holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. That they may teach the young women to be sober, love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Here is the definition of true love, as taught by Paul. The older women are to are told to teach the younger women how to be sober. That word sober means to be of a sound mind. Teach them to love their husbands and to love their children. This is a radical concept because it's in direct opposition to how the world and even how many of God's children view love. And because the child of God's mind has not been renewed concerning love, their concept of love in many ways is as agreeable to the world's way of thinking concerning love. Love is not something that you fall into or you fall out of. Let me tell you what it is that you fall in and out of. It's lust. Love is not goosebumps. Love does not come on you like a seizure and all of a sudden you're in it and it's wonderful. And then years later you don't feel the same way. The flame has gone out. 
Most of the love that the world calls love is nothing more than lust wrapped up real pretty. God's kind of love never diminishes. Never diminishes. It never fails. It's always kind. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. It rejoices in the truth. And in the rejoicing of the truth, the truth renews your mind, and that walk becomes perfect. What a wonderful and powerful truth. Love, according to the Word of God, is something, I watch this, is that you teach yourself. Loving according to the Word of God is something that you teach yourself, and then you teach it to others. In other words, love is a choice. The Word of God says that while we were yet sinners, God loved us. How was God able to love us and all of the bad things that we're doing, how we were serving the devil and all of the things that were taking place? Because God chose to love us. God is love. And he chose to love us irregardless or regardless of what is taking place in our lives. This is a this is opposed to how the world views love. God's kind of love is a choice. God's kind of love is love that you've chosen. God's kind of love is love that you have willed yourself to love. And you love because he's loved you. How is it that you can love your enemies? Because you choose to love your enemies. How is it that you can choose to love someone who has offended you or has done wrong to you? How is it that you can love them? Because you choose to love them. God's kind of love is not the kind of love that lies or becomes a lie. God's love for you is not based upon what you've done or what you are doing. What a powerful word. God's love for you is not based upon what you have done or what you are doing. God's love for you is based upon the fact that he's love. And it is something that you need to teach yourself. And once you've been taught through the word of God, then and only then are you going to be able to teach others about love. Love is patient. Ask yourself the question, how patient are you? Love is kind, no matter what's been done to you. Ask yourself the question, is that the kind of love being exhibited in your life? God's kind of love does not come and go based upon how someone acts Towards you, based upon what someone does to you, based upon what takes place in someone else's life that may affect you. God's kind of love does not fluctuate based on performance. Let me tell you what fluctuates based upon performance. Lust. Filial love fluctuates based upon performance. Eros love fluctuates based upon performance. Stoic love fluctuates based upon performance. But God's love does not. 
Look at David. You know the David that killed Uriah and took his wife? God's love was not hindered or lessened by the adultery and the murder that David committed. I'll say it again. God's love was not hindered or did he love David less by the adultery and the murder that David committed. Yes, there are consequences to sin, but God's love is not hindered because of David's acts. God's love for Saul, who would later be called Paul, was not hindered or lessened by the fact that Paul was a persecutor of the Christ and the church. Because God's kind of love is not based upon performance. God is love. And God's kind of love is based upon choice. I choose to love you. Whether you love me or not, I choose to love you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Choosing to love the world. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. In this was manifested the love of God towards us, choosing, because, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God commended his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, choosing to love us. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. In this was manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Aaron is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sin. Here is love. Here is a description of love, of God's agape love. It's love in the breadth, length, depth, and height. It's God's agape love. And if you do not know God's kind of love, then you cannot choose to love because it's something that you cannot comprehend or understand. It has to go beyond your knowledge. You see, it's very difficult to love somebody who has offended you, who has wronged you, who has done you wrong. It's very difficult unless you have the kind of love that God has. Because God's kind of love, when we were sinners, when we wanted nothing to do with him, when God was our enemy, he loved us anyway. And here's what Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18 tells us. God wants us to understand what is the breadth, length, and depth, and height of that love, and to know the love of Christ with passive knowledge. It's got to go beyond your reasoning, beyond your thinking. And you know, it's kind of amazing because we all talk about that. Oh, yeah, I love. But when it comes down to it, we are tied to our emotions and we are tied to the wrongs that people have done to us. And that's what keeps us being, from being filled with the fullness of God. You cannot give out what's not a revelation to you. You cannot give out what is not truth to you. 
You cannot give out what you do not believe, and you cannot give out what you can't receive. In order for you to receive what I'm speaking to you, you're going to have to go back and throw everything out that you ever have been taught about love and get a new revelation according to the Word of God. And you're going to have to ask the Holy Spirit to renew and redefine that new concept in you. What a powerful word. What a powerful word. Let us pray. Father, I want to thank you and praise you today that the mighty name of Jesus Christ shall be exalted. Thank you, Lord, for your revelation, and thank you, Lord, for your concept, and thank you, Lord, for the word, the word to teach us, to lift us up, to draw us unto you. What a love that you have, Father. What a love that you have for us. And, Lord, we're talking about love that you have for us, not necessarily the love that we have for you. But, Lord, teach us, teach us, so that we can be taught concerning that love, so that we may be able to go forth and teach others. We'll give you all the praise and all of the glory in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Happy Fourth of July to each and every one of you. Go with God. And I guarantee you, he will surely go with you.